Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Hello and welcome to SNS Online. Today's special guest has worked with some of the music industry's greats over the years, both on stage and off, whilst producing no less than two critically acclaimed albums of his own that echo the magic of his musical heroes. None of this is surprising when we learn that he entered a songwriting competition for the BBC's Pebble Mill at One at the tender age of 15, coming a close second to a certain Gary Barlow. Let's take a listen to some of his work. There's too many cars on the road All is still where once it flowed Then deserted, now bestowed There's too many cars on the road Gentlemen, Michael Armstrong is at the SNS house. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Your second time on Scratch and Sniff. Yes, I knew I'd been here before. Yes, absolutely. Unforgettable, of course. It, it wasn't it? a past life, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a while ago, though, wasn't it? I, I do tend to take a long time between projects. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to remind uh, uh, the readers, both of them, uh, hello to both of you today. No, 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 of course. Um, it was uh, the 60s cavern owner, Alf Gagan, who wrote a, a Christmas song for his daughter, Debbie, who we also had on the show. And you, like 30-odd years later, breathed new life into it. 
which yeah. I know I thought was fantastic. Sixty years later, oh, I think it actually I do was. Thank you, pudding. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Uh, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, in quite incredible. I know, I know Debbie, uh, Alf's daughter, um, kind of a fan of mine, I think. I met her from some Beatles thing in Liverpool. Mm. Obviously, she's got a good connection to the Beatles, and I'm a huge Beatles yeah. fan. And, uh, yeah, she gave this song to me, and a couple of years later, it was the Cavern 60th. She was writing a book, and it just seemed the right time to do it. So, no, I'm really proud of that. Ring the bells for Christmas You did a proud, definitely, absolutely. So let's um, talk about, you know, you've released two amazing albums. My God, the reviews are just off for scale, unless you're giving a fiver to everybody in the country. (laughs) (laughs) And and some really interesting influences, you know, bleeding into your music, but producing something new, which I always find very exciting. So there's um, aspects of other artists that you like, but Mm -hmm. then you're getting something totally new. Would Would that be the best way to describe your music? Yeah, it would. Basically, if I, when I write music and I record music I want to make something that I can listen to that I enjoy listening to and if I enjoy listening to certain artists then my music is inevitably going to end up sounding or having an an echo of those artists in it and and hopefully a a conglomeration of all those artists which for me what could be better you know Mm. Absolutely. I think we've got a good example coming up, um, a fabulous track from a new album, Looking for the World, called Doing the Time, with, uh, shall we say, a soup song of yellow. Uh, let's listen to the next <laughs> Um, back to your early days and influences and if you like about the evolution of your your music yeah um my parents aren't musical at all then well as much as i know one in my extended family as i know plays instruments or sings or anything but 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 my parents loved buying music and playing music it was music always music in the car always music always top of the pops on a thursday night and the chart run down on a sunday that was it kids that was all we got you know there was no instant spotify (laughs) or whatever it is these days absolutely and if you wanted to listen to music get to buy it which is a strange concept to most people now but um yeah so i was you know brought up with music and really strangely influenced by my dad's record collection i think and my, my my own children now would you know, shudder to think that they'll be influenced by my record collection when they're older, but the years will, will tell, I guess. But The no, apples I, don't usually fall far from a tree no, at the end of the day. I don't know, but, you know, it, it's it's strange that, you know, 
still really listen to a lot of that a lot of that music that my that my dad had and that was bands like the Eagles Welcome to the Hotel California Steely Dan Are you reeling in the east Stowing away the time Billy Joel Says son can you play me a memory I'm not really sure how Supertram were my favourite. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, loved loved them. Probably probably the ultimate band for me. And um, yeah, just just grew up with that kind of music, and and it's never left me. So, how would you describe your music to somebody who hasn't uh, heard your stuff before? Um, well, I guess I guess by mentioning those artists that I've already mentioned, and by you know, I think anyone who's a songwriter has got to be impressed by the Beatles. <laughs> Incredible. McCartney's a real hero of mine. Dylan. If you're a songwriter and you're into your lyrics, you're going to love that. Um, You know, just kind of, I guess it's middle of the road pop stroke soft rock, you know. And I I always, I think one magazine described me as as the British Billy Joel. So, I mean, that's... Hey, you that'll know, do, won't it? I wish I was, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, that kind of gives you an idea of the kind of music, you know. I, I, I'm... Lyrics are important to me as well as the melody, and I like to be able to tell stories and have interesting lyrics, not just from a being clever point of view, but because when I perform live, I like to enter to keep myself entertained yeah. as well as the thing. So sometimes I, you know, I know a certain lyrics coming off, and I'll still smile now when I sing it because I know what it means. You know? But I mean, that's that's surely the sign of a, of a good singer songwriter that you've got to really both feel the music and also. Um, you want to you want to tell a story. You want to tell something that matters. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a as a young guy beginning to play music and listening to music, I thought that's how I want to express myself. Music is how I want to do it. Perhaps I'm not the most talkative of people, although that's had to change in doing interviews since you when you release <laughs> albums. But I'm quite introverted and um, very emotional guy. Mm. And music, I found a way of expressing myself and, and, and making my feelings known through music. And I always wanted to do that. And um, I wasn't very good at it when I first started out. But you've got to practice and, and you oh, get yeah. there and you get better. And, and uh, I think I'm quite good at it now. I think you're pretty, <laughs> pretty fantastic. So self-taught then? Yeah, pretty much. I had guitar lessons. Um, I had guitar lessons at school for a term or something, but I didn't get on with it and stopped for a few years. And then... Had guitar lessons with a guy uh, not far from my house when I was maybe about 11 or 12 years old and he taught me the basics. But I was never one who wanted to go and do the kind of Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, screamy kind of thing. You know, I just wanted to be able to accompany my voice and, and tell a story. And um, so I think as soon as he could teach me three or four chords, I was off on my on my own kind of adventure. And then I kind of taught myself to play the piano during games lessons at schools because wow. I was... Uh, uh, there was a rugby school I went to, and I'm I'm not. A, I love sports. I love watching sports, mm. and uh, but I hate hate playing them. I'm not a very physical person. <laughs> I'm a coward. I don't like being cold. I don't like getting wet and muddy. 
and I certainly don't like getting hurt and, and rugby looked painful. Yeah. But I oh, was, no, I, I mean, I yeah. joined the club, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I was always uh, put in defence uh, uh, football because right. that was the, the most useless part of the, <laughs> of the area. And so it would just be me and somebody else talking about last night's TV, hoping uh, to God that the, the, the ball, ball wouldn't come, come anywhere, anywhere near, near you. Near it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you did one step better than me because they didn't even want me in the, in the football uh. team. They, they said I was that bad that I was quite happy that I didn't do games mm. as long as I didn't go home. And, and the deal was that I went to the music room because, mm. thankfully, the school, which I think is really really smart actually looking back at it they saw I had a talent in something and was a no talent in something else mm. and so nurtured it that way and they were great years spent because I taught myself to play the piano by listening to Billy Joel songs mm. and, and Beatles songs that's quite progressive for a, for a school to do that yeah, yeah. Or mm. maybe it just shows how bad I was uh, <laughs> well I, I once scored a goal um, and it was a known goal and I thought I I didn't I I couldn't quite work out why nobody else was around trying to stop me. You were celebrating, or you're taking the shirt off and all that. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving swiftly on from that. Scratch and sniff. Online! With Nick Randall. Well, I try hard to remember, but where do I begin? It's something deep inside you, it's underneath the skin. And I've tried my best to shake it. But it never goes away And though I might never make it I'll know on the way I gave it all And got back up after each fall Had my share of pretty women But that all had to end When I came to the conclusion I've only got one friend Got a song. Give me music from the rafters. Give me songs and souvenirs. Give me dancing in the aisles. Keep me smiling through these tears. Tell me we can be together, but it's not as it appears. Give me wall to wall vision, but the radio years made the man. Oh, lovely track there. Radio Years from Michael's first album. Champion no less from the late, great Terry Wogan himself and reaching the top 10 spot in Europe, Australia, South America and parts of the USA. Not bad at all. So, Mike, do you play all your own instruments then? I mean, are there other people involved when you make the album or is it all you? Um, well, no, there's other people involved. I mean, when I, when I made the first album, I kind of recorded virtually everything at home. I started out as a drummer originally before I started playing guitar and things get going back a little bit. But uh, I don't have enough rooms for a, for a full drum kit in my studio at home, so I use computer drums these days. And uh, so I build the song up that way. And then um, Keith Bessie produced the first album with me and, and we would then he would then take parts of the songs like the drums and say, OK, let's get a real drummer to replace your parts and a, a better bass player and some star guitarists mm. kind of come in. But uh, the vast majority on the first album, probably you know, maybe 70, 80% of the instruments are me. The second album, which came out last November, is very different because I went with a different producer called Warren Bennett. And Warren plays all the loads of instruments himself as well as a fabulous musician. And so his approach was we got together in the studio and we went through a bunch of songs which he and I agreed we would record. We even wrote some together. 
And um, I would put the basics down, or we would put the basics down together, and then he would kind of build them up himself when I wasn't there. And then it would come over to me, and then at home I'd put on my guitars and the vocals and all that, and then we'd then we'd then we'd add the other musicians. So it starts out as a as an insular thing, but uh, I think in order to get the best out of any album, it's, it's better to use other people's expertise as well and just give it that flair. And uh, they can bring different ideas to the music as well. Okay, Mike, I reckon it's time to listen to one of your tracks from your second album, Looking for the World. I love this. The single of the same name. Tell us about the background to this one. It's a pick-me-up song, really. I mean, if you're a, I think if you're a musician and you're a, a songwriter, you're perhaps prone to be in depressive times because you see the world in a certain way. I think most artistic people are like that. And this song... Is a, is a message to myself, you know, I wrote it whilst doing the second album and it says, it actually says, the lyrics say, stop looking for the world. And it was me saying to myself, you know, since a young kid I've dreamed of reaching the top and doing this music thing and being a star or whatever when you're a kid. And, and suddenly when you hit middle age, which I am now, I realised that it was time to appreciate what I'd already achieved, what I had around me, um, the importance of the people I have around me, and, and that 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 I know it's corny, but the people you love and the people that love you, and it was time to stop looking for the world and to appreciate, stop look, listen, appreciate what's around you. Look what you have. You're so lucky. You know what I mean? The things I've done, the things I've achieved, and the things I have. You know, I'm I'm a lucky, lucky guy, and, and that's what the song's about. Looking at you. Making love so simple and new Looking at me Wishing it was easy and free This roller coaster ride ignition Right. 
a grandeur And the smoke just seems to blind you Stop looking for the world If the cold wind blows right through you Throw you around, sing hallelujah Stop looking for the world You're listening to the melodic and frankly rather lovely Michael Armstrong on SNS Online with the title track from his latest album, Looking for the World. And there'll be lots more, including a live acoustic set in the studio after this. SNSOnlineShow.com, your brand new one-stop shop for all things SNS. Take a tour through our wide and diverse collection of shows and listen in to our exclusive range of in-depth interviews spanning the popular arts, featuring actors, writers, journalists, stand-up comedians, musicians and more. You can also enjoy our shorter bite-sized series covering vibrant new theatre, television and book releases. And with our Arts Lifestyle Remit, you get to explore issue-based topics including health, mental health, women's rights around the world and LGBTQ. Contact us with both your comments and suggestions for future guests. And don't forget to read up on our blog, regularly updated with articles and photographs. A forum where everyone is welcome to contribute. SNSOnlineShow.com, your one-stop shop for all things SNS. So let's just talk um, in more detail about, you know, your inspirations for the stories that you tell in your uh, songs. Yeah, they come from all over the place, really. I mean, before, I've always been a musician, um, ever since I was 13, 14 years old, and I pretty much, as soon as I picked up a guitar, I started writing songs. But at about the age of 20, when I finished, when I kind of got kicked out of university, because, well, I just never went, and uh, I was at (laughs) home writing songs and recording songs, and eventually I got found out by my parents. And my dad ran a building company in London, so I ended up going to work with my dad, he soon realised I was a useless labourer and so got me into the into the office and kind of taught me to become an accountant and uh, and run the business. And I did that for 15 years. And so I've lived a life and, you know, and, and it's quite an entertaining life running a building company as well. Mm. We were really successful and, you know, during that period I got married and I have three children and I think I'm a fairly intelligent person. I'm quite aware of the world that's around me and I'm interested in politics so you draw on all those things when you come to write music and particularly with the the new album or the second album there's there's more love songs than I've written before mm. there's there's a couple of lovey-dovey things in there which is perhaps down to Warren the producer more than me because I shy away from those a little bit but he 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 kind of pulled those out of me there's some quasi political songs on there I would say because if you're a an observer of people and an observer of the world and you've lived through the past five or six years in politics or just in the world in general, then you can't help but be affected by it. You know, and then we're talking the dreaded Brexit word. Of course, we're talking Trump. I'm not, don't ram it down people's throat and I don't even come down on one side or the other in the songs. Okay. But, um, it's but but you can't help but write about it, you know. And then it's just like everyday people. Sometimes true um, true stories, true incidents. You know, there's a song called Gypsy on there, um, which I intended to play for you actually, but on the gold yes, guitar. Yeah. And that's um, 
the start of that is based on a true story. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, lots of interesting things like oh, that. We'll hear more about that you true will. story you will. in a while. Gold Dust, I reckon that was for your wife, wasn't it? It was for my wife, yep. Give Bless away the first you. line, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Wife and, wife and children, yeah. Um, again, uh, that was Warren that pulled that one out of me. I'd written it and it was on the demos and he said, you know, there's something about this is really a beautiful song, you should do it. And I think I, I was worried about putting it on an album because it is so exposed but uh, I'm glad I did and so is the wife <laughs> oh that's just so yeah but so it's just sometimes you say it's just time to say thank you do you know mm. what I mean thanks for everything and to, to do it in a song is a nice way because probably I probably don't do it in person <laughs> often <laughs> so your conduit is your music that's so, it yeah. this is for my wife my childhood sweetheart when there's trouble about You're a rock You are my life A childhood sweetheart No need making a sound It's understood Feels like lightning and it's sometimes frightening But you feel my way Love, don't you stop Ever loving me You're everything You're the world to me You're listening to SNS Online with today's special guest, Michael Armstrong. And if you'd like to comment on this or any other show, then please contact our brand new website, snsonlineshow.com. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to strawberry So let's talk about your love affair with the Beatles. Hmm. Well, that going back to growing up, my mum and dad had music on in the car, but it was limited music because they only had two cassettes. And they were cassettes in those days, and they yeah. were the Red and Blue Beatles albums, which oh, is the, right. the, the greatest hits, effectively. And so I've got a, an older brother, and we would sit there and we would sing along to these songs and we would harmonise and... No, I became obsessed with the Beatles by about age nine. I had like read, you know, proper adult books on them. And when and, you caught uh, in uh, Paul McCartney's garden at three in the morning, for <laughs> I'm sure I read that somewhere. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. But I, but, I, but I did meet Paul McCartney. I know you did. And, I see the photos. Uh, yeah. so cool. And that was one of the most emotional experiences of my life Bless because you. Uh, he was just my just my ultimate hero. Yeah, I mean the Beatles just great. I mean they they. they just fantastic songwriters, fantastic musicians, intricate arrangements, you know, four great guys and, you know, just 
I, I don't know. I don't know. They're just going to live on forever, aren't they? Yeah, Each generation absolutely. comes along and finds them. But yeah, to mm. meet McCartney was just incredible. You know, that's that's the pinnacle. Yeah. And, I, and I again, I sort of picked up on when listening to your music. Maybe I'm amazed. I think that's a real nod to the Beatles. Am I right? Well, it's a McCartney song. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shut me up. Oh dear. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that. Obviously, I'm, yeah, I'll just shoot my research. Oh, that's me, isn't it? Okay. Um, um, well, it's not a Beatles song. It's a solo. I can't oh, be so. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I love it anyway. Let's hear it. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you love me all the time. Maybe I'm afraid of the way I love you. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you pulled me out of time. You hung me on a Maybe I'm amazed at the way I really need you Maybe I'm a man, maybe I'm a lonely man Who's in the middle of something That he doesn't really understand How fabulous is that? Michael Armstrong's take on a classic McCartney track, Maybe I'm Amazed. So, Mike, I reckon it's time for you to earn your keep tonight, sir, and uh, play us a little ditty on the guitar. Yeah, sure. So what are you going to play for us? Um, well, I thought there's... Uh, we've been talked about uh, McCartney and the Beatles a lot, and there's a song on the new album called A Love That's True, um, which is a sweet little acoustic guitar kind of bass number, and it's McCartney's the... The, the ultimate king of doing those songs, Yesterday, Here, There and Everywhere, Calico Skies, uh, Mother Nature's Son. There's so many great McCartney, just one man and a guitar songs that I wanted to try and to try and write a song like that. Mm. Um, I probably haven't managed it, but it's but it's the closest, <laughs> as good as I can get. Brilliant. So I love that's true. Yeah, another simple love song, but a McCartney-esque one. That's fantastic. Well, we'll drip it in reverb for you and make it sound all nice and sexy. Well, it will sound nice and sexy anyway. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so you're all ready to play, so let's have a listen. Are the flowers in the dirt With all the heartache and the hurt There's a brand new morning coming Breathing in that honeydew Filled my head with thoughts of you I could hear the bluebirds humming The sound of a choir filled my empty ears 
This is a love that's true A love that's true I've always been a lucky man Doing all the things I can Coming up smelling of roses And beauty hides itself within Like the thorn upon a stem That's just how nature juxtaposes But this is as clear as the sky I'm gazing on This is a love that's true a love that's true Well, these days need a song of praise And a rock to hold on to and I'll be there in weather, harsh or fair, that's a promise that I made to you. A love that's true. A love that's true. Love so true A love that's true That was fantastic. Thank you so much. I feel quite privileged sitting here listening to you, um, you know, serenade uh, the studio, as it were. Wonderful. Uh, hopefully more oh, uh, later on. Yeah, yeah sure. Fantastic. If the radio's dull in the neighbourhood, who are you going to call? Nick Randall. So, want to go back to your original album, uh, self-titled Michael Armstrong? Yeah. Um, one that really struck me was "Innocence of Men." I just thought that was that was <laughs> cracking, a cracking, cracking piece of music. Yeah. Uh, any background to that? It's kind of a yeah. Is it? I mean, it's it, it. You can hear a lot of the Eagles in that song. Mm. I think it's, the, it's a kind of country rock song. And um, I was thinking about the Eagles when I'd, I'd read a book about them, and they were always accused of being uh, misogynistic in their in their songs, and by the press. And if you look back at things like Lion Eyes, Tequila Sunrise, uh, Busy Being Fabulous, Witchy Woman, they're all kind of the woman's always a cheating woman, cheating woman, and <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this real country thing. That well, let's face it, it's usually the men who do the cheating. Uh, well, not the yeah, but not in the not in the not in the Eagles songs. <laughs> so so, they, so they, they, there was like the, the the kind of feminists were really after them, mm. and so I decided to write a, a kind of faux Eagles song, 
where the guy says, you know, why do you always doubt the innocence of men? Where he clearly has been cheating on her and been off with all these Russian women. I used Russian women for some reason <laughs> in the choruses. And uh, they're all genuine Russian supermodels. I looked them up. Sharapova, um, Anna, Anna Palova. I don't know. All the lyrics are in there. But uh, So, yeah, I mean, that was basically what it's, what it's about. It's about this guy who's, who's, who's cheating on his wife. And uh, he's very open about it. He's been caught several times, but says to her, you know, why, why do you doubt my innocence? Mm. What have I done wrong? So it's just, it's, it's a bit of fun. Oh, <laughs> what, a, what a modern man you are, I tell you. <laughs> Waving the flag for, for the ladies in the audience. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
check some of the uh, people involved in the album then because obviously you've managed to sort of pull some pretty incredible talent yeah I've been very very lucky I mean I, I toured um, before the first album came out with a guy called Peter Howarth who's the lead singer of the Hollies another famous 60s band he wasn't in the original band but he's been their lead singer for about 20 years now and they still tour every year here I go and a uh, lovely guy, a good friend of mine, and, and Peter did some did some of the backing vocals for me, which, considering he's one of the best singers probably in the world, is a pretty cool backing singer. And uh, I, I mentioned again earlier on that one of my huge influences is Steely Dan, um, one of my favourite bands. And uh, Elliot Randall, uh, Steely Dan guitarist, played on many albums, many tracks, and most famously on Reeling in the Years. Are you reeling in the on the radio today and I think Jimmy Page describes it as the best guitar solo of all time well he plays on my album oh, he plays guitar on it brilliant. and uh, a guy called uh, Albert Lee who played on the Innocence of Men track that we, we mentioned um, Albert's won two Grammys for his country guitar oh, playing awesome. toured with Eric Clapton for 10-15 like, years mm. Um, so, God, goodness, yeah, yeah. I mean, some amazing, amazing, very lucky, you know, the bass player on most of the tracks, Steve Walters, who plays with Cliff now, mm. but played with Amy Winehouse and just just everyone, you know, there's just... No, I've been really, really lucky when it comes to musicians. What do you think's one of the best tracks, as an example, that has some of your mates uh, sort of predominantly involved? Um, I guess probably maybe Johannesburg. <laughs> That's uh, that's a pretty cool track. That's got Elliot on it and Steve on the bass and Ed Barker on saxophone. Yeah, so that's a that's a pretty cool track from the first album. Let's hear it. You made it clear you don't agree, but what an opportunity! Come to work a foreign land, save me up some Kruger and it was hard to leave your warm embrace. Pretty smile on angel face. I will return, you have my word From Johannesburg Travel far across the sea To make our children proud of me I'm earning twice as much out here Hanging tight, it's just a year Surely my luck had to turn Although you laugh, I just don't learn Place to bet it came in third Ah, Johannesburg Traded London's charity The dragons on my balcony The devil handed back the dice Said success means sacrifice 
to SNS Online with today's special guest, Michael Armstrong. So, of course, Mike, I first met you during a Tapau gig um, at the, um, the Half Moon in Putney because it was my partner Andy's 40th birthday. So we were all there. And then, of course, my big opening line to, uh, to Carol Decker was, do you hate being interviewed? <laughs> and bless her cotton socks. We did the interview. And we got a bit sloshed in a, in a yeah. lovely pub in the Henley-on-Thames. Yeah. But then I heard you play as well. Yeah. And I met uh, Lisa, who is actually here as well. Hello, yeah. Lisa. <laughs> she's in the back. She's, she's, um, she's doing a knitting in the background there. So. No, she's not. She's not. I'm joking. Um, so, of course, my point is that you promote artists as well uh, via Lisa Davis Promotions. Lisa Davis Promotions. Let's talk a little bit yes. about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, firstly, I'd say there's... The lovely Carol Decker. It does seem to be a common theme. Whenever I meet Carol Decker, we tend to get a little sloshed as well. So, uh, it's for red wine, you yeah. see. <laughs> I love meeting Carol Decker. Oh, it's she's great fun. Fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> no, she is fab. Um, yeah, so no, Lisa Davis Promotions, something that um, I, I first met Lisa when I was kind of transitioning from the building into being a full-time musician. I wonder what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> transitioning, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's... A... I was Michelle. <laughs> no. um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, and um, Lisa helped me enormously and agreed to manage me, and that's how the first album came about. And uh, what happened was during the first album, I decided to close down my building company and I was going to concentrate fully on this album. And um, I gave myself a year to do it. And after a year, I was only halfway through the album and I'd run out of money. Oh, my God. And um, Lisa very kindly said, OK, and I'd kind of been working for Lisa on and off because she called me in to help her. And she very kindly said, well, you know, I, I need some help here at the office. Why don't, you, why don't you come and work here for a couple of days and then continue making your album? And that was great. And I think, you know, probably within a, a month or so, I was probably working there five days a week, to be honest. And we've gone from strength to strength, haven't we, Lisa? I hope. And, do, you um, to, do you want to just, yeah, just a uh, subject? Yeah, do you want to speak, yeah, Lisa? I, well, well, my memory of it was um, 
Mike and I actually had an occasion where we played in a in a band together, and when he started uh, singing, I have to say I, th- I thought, hang on a minute, what's he doing in this band? So that was how I first met him, actually. Right. And right. yeah, huh? <laughs> <laughs> as far as the the work thing went, it's true that that Mike was recording his album. He has, as he said earlier, three three children and uh, you know fa- family, wife, and everything. And you know when you're recording an album, it does take a long time, and I honestly think. He, he did think that it would, after a year, it would be done and, you know, the money would come rolling in. And as we all know, it first of all, he was relying on other people to make that album. Um, so it wasn't his own doing that that happened. It was you know, just unfortunate. Um, and obviously, you know, when you've got three young kids, mouths to feed, money tends to run out very quickly. And I was at a stage in my career where I've been doing it sort of 25 years, this the promotion thing. And I was looking for, I, I've always looked for someone that, could maybe help me yeah. but I've never found that person mm. you know maybe it's me just being awkward but um, I've Definitely. never found <laughs> I've never found that person until I met Mike and I knew the first time I met him that that he's he was somebody that that I like I, I love I absolutely I still do I love his music and I love his voice I, I just I gave him a ring. Oh, I think I sent you a text, didn't I? And I said, how about it? Well, he was on the doorstep with his sandwiches within an hour, actually. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So I couldn't get rid of him after that. Oh, that's great. So we, yeah, as, as a promotions people, we we um, our, I've learned. Lisa has taught me as one being one of the best. We our aim is to get people on the radio and the, and the TV, mm. and uh, so through through working with Lisa and and uh, in developing the company I've worked with some incredible yeah. people Tap Carol Decker as we've already mentioned yeah, who I also performed with and uh, McCartney and Sir Cliff Richard and Mark Knopfler and Krista Berg and wow. Russell Watson and uh, it just goes on and on so we've had a fab time it's amazing and I think it's very interesting to hear this story the fact that it's not just about you go on the X Factor and then you get signed up and it's all done for you this is the real world of being a musician it takes a lot of hard graft uh, to be creative it takes a lot of time to it, it takes as long as it takes I guess and, uh, and, and, and then you've got the financial side and how do you support yourself and all the rest of it so I think this is quite uh, instructive to would-be musicians. To you know, it's not impossible. You know, you can you can dream big, but bear in mind you've got to you've got to work for it. Oh, you've got to work. You've got to work really hard. And I'm lucky in that in that I I do the promotion and I have Lisa, my manager, in effect, is a promotions girl. So that saves me a lot of money. Mm. But it's been a lot. It's you know, it's it's been a struggle and it's been hard work and it's it's a very difficult time to to make a living as a musician. I'm. I'm I'm very lucky now that I can sell enough albums that will enable me to make another album. And that's all it's about for me, is being able to make music. Now, I'm not going to go out and buy a Ferrari. I'm not going to go and buy a mansion or be travelling around Hawaii for six months a year. But I've, I've built up a big enough fan base where I can make enough money to cover the yeah. cost of an album, make another one, and hopefully it will sell a bit more next time and invest some more in the next album. You know what I mean? And that's what it's about for me. It's about making music. And I think you have to be very... Conscious of that, if you're going to be coming into the business now, because um, you know the the X Factor fame is a 15 minute thing, and it's you've got to think more about the long term. And I think serious yeah. artists and musicians do do that. Yeah. And also, I just want to add, 
while you're both here, I want to give you a, a tremendous, a big sloppy kiss to, to, to the pair of you for uh, offering me so many amazing uh, interviews in the past. I mean, I interviewed Hank Marvin because of you guys. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you speak to people under 30 and they, they say, who's Hank Marvin? You can't bloody win, can you? <laughs> but um, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I love getting all your emails. I don't respond to all of them because I'm, I'm so busy with yeah. the other shows. But uh, it's it's been a game changer for the show so thank you both so so much oh that's a pleasure thank you <laughs> snsonlineshow.com your brand new one-stop shop for all things sns okay it's time for another one now um another uh, acoustic live one from master michael armstrong um any more ideas which one you'd like to pick yeah i'm gonna play a song called gypsy and uh, Gypsy was based on a on a on a, the start of the song is based on a true story. It happened here in London, and um, this is going to sound posh, but I, I was actually invited to go to the House of Commons for lunch a few years ago. No, no flies on you, eh? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> it was a friend of mine who worked there, and it was his last day, and uh, I'd never been. And he said, "Well, come along and 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 have some have some lunch." And I was waiting outside, and I got dressed up in a posh suit, unlike me. And I was approached on 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 the on the bridge there on, on Parliament Hill by a gypsy, selling lucky heather, and um, it was a miserable day. It was raining. I was in a bad mood. I didn't I didn't have any money on me, and, and uh, but she was insistent that I had to give her money for this heather that she was trying to give me, and that I wasn't accepting. And I said, look, you know, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm a musician. We don't have money, you know, and <laughs> and I, I'm you know I'm you know just I don't have anything. Please leave me alone. But I guess because I was dressed up smart and I was about to go into the Houses of Parliament, she thought I did, and she got really quite angry with me. And then she and she kind of grabbed me by the face and did this curse. <laughs> and um, I don't believe in things like that. It sounds like something from League of Gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> You're my wife now. It was very strange, and I don't believe in any of that nonsense. But it played on my mind. I just I was going to pure uh, a thunderclap. Yeah, there. <laughs> it played on my mind. I can't deny it. It probably spoiled my lunch as well. Oh, you know? <laughs> and then I got home, and it was still playing on my mind. And so I picked up this very here same guitar, and I wrote the song called Gypsy, which I'm guess is what she cursed me with. And it cancels out the curse, obviously. Obviously. Cause, cause well, I, I'm I, passing I, the curse on to you by playing. Oh, bless you! Oh, well, <laughs> well, cheers for that. Right, who do I pass it on to? Andy, where are you? <laughs> right, let's hear it. So I'm accosted by a gypsy on Parliament Hill Who says, cross my palm, I'll face your real gypsy Of Parliament Hill I got a wife and three kids and not a penny to spare Go pester the people over there Gypsy of Parliament Hill We're all going down I said I'm already there Do your worst and see if I care Gypsy Of Parliament Hill She touches my face She mutters a curse I reach into her bag And I steal her purse That Gypsy 
of Parliament Hill Is the daughter of a lawyer from a stately home Never been a traveler, never had to roam Lives in a three-bed semi in town Makes a living begging money in a dressing gown Everybody has a reason to be lost, I'm told I got into my car and I found her road That gypsy of Parliament Hill Has me arrested and detained on account of theft My mother suicidal, my dad bereft Oh, gypsy of Parliament Hill Sitting at the window with her teeth all black Strokes an Abyssinian Egyptian cat Her old man is the barrister who's after me And I'm let off with a caution eventually But I figured I should leave it and get back to things It's always on my mind like Elvis sings That gypsy of Parliament Hill Consider I'm an educated man I don't believe in hokum from a caravan But on the day I met her the milk turned sour My clocks got stuck on the witching hour Started to believe I got away scot-free When yesterday she moved next door to me That gypsy of Parliament Hill And now she's living like the queen of reality After winning that talent show TV Poor gypsy of Parliament Hill about some of your live gigs and mm-hmm. uh, some of the you know memorable ones that you can uh, think of well there's been some there's been some real special ones i think playing at the the cavern club yeah. in liverpool um with the band um was pretty special we did we did an afternoon set on the little beatles stage for the tourists and just played beatles songs for an hour yeah. which uh that's a dream come true for anyone i think so that was fab um going on tour with leo sayer which was kind of the first major tour i did mm-hmm. Um, was was there's so many memorable gigs from that one. I think playing in, I think it was Manchester Arena of some sort, not an arena, oh. but I know some 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 about fifteen hundred people something like that. And walking Brilliant. out on stage, there was a real hairs on the back of the neck and just fantastic sound systems and things, you know. Because when you when you're when you're an up and coming musician, you play in some real dives, you know, and uh, you struggle with some with sound issues and things like that. But to have, I remember just like sitting down and playing the opening chords on the piano that I was sitting at and singing and it was like whoa it just comes yeah. back at you and it was like oh is that me you know it makes it so much easier yeah, when the sound yeah. is that good yeah. you know and you can lose yourself in it you know but uh, you know equally well I've done some I've done some, I've done some great gigs in my back garden with my family you know <laughs> barbecues I had one the other day it was great fun oh that sounds <laughs> wonderful I want to go to your barbecues <laughs> can you show me Well, 
could I weave? Cause I ain't getting younger And I'm losing the fight My head's full of wonder Yeah, but my body ain't right She moves on Cry me a river She moves on I let it be She moves on I can forgive her If she moves on So long she So Long She from Michael Armstrong's debut album. So I've got to reference all the amazing reviews, um, quite rightly too, but uh, it's just quite joyous to to know that people are, are getting such pleasure from your music. I printed them all out, actually, and there are loads of them. Yeah, I, they're, they're amazing, aren't they? They really are. And um, I think people who, who love the kind of music that I do in turn, you know, they love the same music that I listen to and the artists that I'm influenced by and the people who actually, you know, get to get to listen to my music are equally as passionate about it and uh, very vocal about it, I'm glad to say. Absolutely. Um, uh, something's called Colette said, uh, looking for well, the second album by the extremely talented singer-songwriter Michael Armstrong. It takes you on a nostalgic, lyrical journey of love, life and family. Every time I listen to the album, I feel more connected. It's extremely well produced. 
host. And then we go to Jade. Michael is one of the most incredible men I've had the pleasure of speaking to and meeting as a fan and on a personal level. This album is amazing. I would recommend this to any music lover. You're definitely moving forward, uh, onwards and upwards with this album. Good luck in everything you do with two kisses. Oh, two kisses. <laughs> two kisses. Oh, um, uh, I heard it. I thought it was shit. No, I won't read that bit. She should have. So jokey. Uh, um, uh, oh, here we go. I'll read this one. And Angie's written, um, just played this album for the first time and oh, what a joy it is. Soaring, beautiful melodies and meaningful lyrics. Real, proper music which stands out from the crowd. Michael's influences, namely all the greats, shine through and make this an album which I know I'll be playing many times over. So how oh, about Bless that? your mum. <laughs> <laughs> and Auntie Phyllis, yeah. Um, yeah, lovely, lovely. And for all things Michael Armstrong, do check out his website, michaelarmstrongmusic.co.uk. You're listening to SNS Online. I try to keep a smile, but it don't feel good anyway. A smile ain't right if your eyes have got nothing to say.
from Mike Armstrong's latest album, Looking for the World. But totally sublime, a place in my game. Just lovely. Okay, you're going to squeeze out one more track uh, for us live in the studio tonight. Is that correct? I am, yes. I'm going to do, um, in case my wife is listening, I'm going to play the, the, the lovey-dovey song for my wife and children, which is on the last album, which is called Gold Dust. Oh, let's hear it, let's hear it. My wife, my childhood sweetheart, when there's trouble about, you're a rock. You are my life, my childhood sweetheart. No need making a sound It's understood Feels like lightning And it's sometimes frightening But you feel my way Love, don't you stop Ever loving me You're everything You're the world to me Look into my eyes for my children Yeah, they're trouble about Gold dust And you're bringing them up so well I thank you for my children Oh, so beautiful I know I take for granted And I take advantage But I feel your way
just lover, don't you stop That was absolutely beautiful, wonderful and romantic. And, and, and what's your wife's name? Sarah. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> and the kiddies. <laughs> now, he, Michael wrote that for you. So, you know, make him a nice tea tonight when he comes home. There you go. So, Mike Armstrong, thank you so much for uh, uh, coming again to um, SNS to uh, talk about your music. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed your live performances tonight. It was wonderful. And um, as always, with all our guests, you get a celebrity goodie bag. I didn't realise Lisa was coming tonight, so you have to share the champagne with Lisa, but I'm sure she'll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. There we go. Thank you very, very much. Look at this. Oh. Thank you so much. Chockies and champagne. Ooh, look at this, a Spider-Man bag as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> Love it. Mike Chuckies. Armstrong, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Twenty-one has got my youthful intuitions proving wrong. Years that seemed like days, days that seemed like hours, aroused only so long. I've grown up. No, no. 
It's basically about these incredibly brave, brilliant, extraordinary young women aged mainly between 18 and 28 who flew planes to the front line during World War II. Do you think Emily Davison wanted to kill herself that day? All her journalism is about martyrdom and fire and sacrifice and nobility and awakenings. It just reads like one long suicide note. I think she really meant to do it. Because I wanted the world to get better, and I knew it couldn't get better if it's going to be ruled by men. Matter of fact, I think it's amazing how well the men did for 2,000 years, considering they tried to do it alone. I really feel that all the things about being gay can help us as adopters because we know what it's like to feel different, and we can share that with our children, and I think the level of empathy is, is quite unique and important. I thought to myself, well... If this is a twice-weekly programme uh, and going on throughout the year, um, I should be editor. So I gave myself uh, the job, as it were, and had it um, on the credits, and nobody queried it. It was extraordinary. Girls in the Women's Auxiliary Air Force are being called upon to handle many of the responsible jobs which were previously entrusted only to RAF mechanics and ground staff. And they flew without radar, without sometimes without training on that particular plane. You know, they'd have learnt on a tiger moth and they'd be given a spitfire. I don't think it did help me get a pay rise, but the, po- but, 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 but the point was, I suppose children's programmes were regarded as so insignificant, nobody bothered what went on. Pauline Gower was the woman who spearheaded it. She got equal pay for equal work. Yes, the first woman Ever Which is very, very topical in the news at the moment. still fighting that battle in 2018. <laughs> How does that happen? Rise Up Women, a special season of shows exclusive to SNS Online. 